Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show, um, our last Monday show before the international break. Um, so we're reviewing match day 27 of, uh, of the Bundesliga, of course. Um, got a great show ahead of us uh, with our featured four, kind of obviously mainly kind of concentrating on a bit of, um, you know, the relegation race, as well as luckily being joined by a brand new guest in the shape of Benedict Engelbert uh, of um by Hinterhof Sanger, which is basically the Minds fan podcast. So we're absolutely buzzing to be able to have Benedict on the show this evening. Uh, so I hope you can uh, can join us and, and enjoy the show. If you've got any comments uh, or questions, of course, for, for us or our guest this evening, you know, pop them in the chat and we'll get them answered as a priority. Uh, just to mention, of course, this uh the show our channel is indeed in partnership with Bundesliga boxes a brilliant company who provide mystery authentic German t-shirts so make sure you go check them out on Twitter and on their website because I do believe their next batch is dropping very very soon and of course if you like the show please do drop us a like as I mentioned come over from you uh, from Twitter if you're watching on Twitter join us on YouTube it's the only way you can interact with us properly and ask some questions and do subscribe to the channel. Right, Mark, over to you to quickly get through uh, some scores and then we'll bring Benedict straight in. Yeah, absolutely. So let's have a look at the scores on the doors for week 27. So, yeah, obviously we had a bit of a strange incident really on Friday evening, didn't we? The game was actually abandoned with Mönchengladbach 2-0 ahead in Bochum. We'll talk a little bit more about what happened with that in our talking points, so we're not going to dwell too much on that now. Then moving on to the Saturday game, Stuttgart got a really, really, well, a massive 3-2 win over Augsburg in the relegation dogfight at the bottom of the league. Mainz with a very, very big win over struggling Bielefeld. Hair to Berlin started their life under Felix Magath with a 3-0 win over high-flying Hoffenheim. Greuterfer with another unbeaten home game, but it wasn't really a classic against Freiburg with that game ending in a nil-nil board draw, really, let's be honest. Bayern Munich continued their march to the title with a 4-0 win over faltering Union Berlin. Then another nil-nil. It's not often we see two nil-nils in the Bundesliga in one week, is it? But I guess these two teams are a little bit tired after a lot of fixtures in recent weeks, particularly Frankfurt, who will be happy to take a point from a nil-nil draw in Leipzig. Then, yeah, Leverkusen with two late goals to get a really, really big win in Wolfsburg, which took them back up to third place in the Bundesliga table. And then the weekend finished with FC Köln playing at a one-all draw with Borussia Dortmund, which obviously massively affects Dortmund's title bid as they now fall uh, six points behind Bayern Munich at the top of the league. Okay, so, yeah, over to you, Rory, to introduce our guest this week. Yeah, absolutely. Without any further delay, let's get him in. Uh, so we've got Benedict Engelbert um, of Die Hinterhof Sanger, which is one of or the only uh, Minds-led um, uh, fan-based podcast, uh, which is run by Benedict and two other individuals. So let's bring in Benedict so that we can can see him. Oh, here we go. Evening, Benedict. Hi. How's it going? Hello. Very good. Thank you. 
Thanks Thank for you very me. much for joining us. Uh, how, how's it going over in, uh, well, you're you're just south of Mines, aren't you? Yes, I'm living very, very uh, near Mines, so it's just a short trip uh, to the stadium. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, I had a nice day working. Uh, yeah, and then I was looking forward uh, to joining you today. Excellent stuff. Uh, presumably basking in the glory of a thoroughly well-deserved win, uh, which obviously we will talk about <laughs> in depth, um, but presumably very pleasing performance. Yeah, uh, I had a blast uh, on Saturday being in the stadium, being in the stands. Uh, yeah, fan base, uh, support, uh, everybody was there. Yeah, it was a really nice game and uh, yeah, we had fun. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So what we'll do is we'll crack on with the show then. So over to you, Mark, to introduce uh, game four of our featured four. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the, we'll start the feature four, which is obviously our mine and Rory's big four games of the weekend. We pick the best, the most entertaining four games from the weekend. So yeah, let's start with our countdown, starting with game number four. So yeah, it was that big win for Bayern Munich over, I would say, faltering Union Berlin, really. Obviously, since Max Kruser and Marvin Friedrich left the club in January, they haven't looked the same side to me. This was another, you know, I think they started the game pretty well, to be honest with you. I think Awani had a couple of good chances. They forced a very, very good save from Neuer, I think a 1-0 down. But ultimately, you know, they faded badly in this game and were well beaten, really, weren't they, Benedict? Well, what did you make of this game? Yeah, I think uh, it was uh, one of the typical games uh, from a smaller club against Bayern. Uh, <laughs> you have to use your chances and uh, Union had a few of them. But uh, they couldn't get it done. So um, uh, against Bayern, if you want to win or if you want to even get a point, uh, you have to score. And uh, yeah, the, the mistakes they made uh, in, in the backfield, uh, I think um, maybe uh, it was 20 minutes or so um, in. Uh, and uh, it was a pass and Lewandowski could uh, uh, yeah, run up straight to the goalie and... Uh, I don't know what happens there and they had maybe two or three of those situations that mm -hmm. uh, can't happen against Bayern they're so ice cold they they're going to use their chances and uh, yeah if uh, Kingsley Coman um, if he uh, if he makes such a goal like a goal of the month style um, yeah you, you don't have a chance yeah, it was a tricky it was a tricky task for Union probably made even harder by the fact that Bayern were coming off two draws in a row, you know, they, they wouldn't have been very happy with, with the way that they played in the last few games. So they're certainly out for, for revenge. I think, Mark, you called it on the show saying that it would have been 5-0. Um, well, that's what your prediction was. Um, but yeah, uh, Benedict, just just kind of touching on Union, um, as you mentioned, you know, not taking a couple of those chances and, and you don't want to dwell too much on the Max Cruiser thing. But even the commentators were saying during the game, uh, for us on Sky Sports, you know, if Max Cruz is in that team, it's probably he probably takes at least two of them. So, as you mentioned, taking chances against Bayern is absolutely critical. And I also think that Luter in goal didn't cover himself in glory with a couple of the sh with the the shots on goal. To be honest, so you know, on the scoreline it looks four nil, but realistically, if those kind of things go for you, then I suppose Union were in the game. Do you think? Uh, do you think Union have dropped off? A large amount just because of the cruiser transfer or do you think it's down to other things i think uh 
Kruse uh, is uh, is a very important player. Uh, was a very important player for Union um, for their team and for the team spirit. Uh, he's such uh, he's such uh, yeah a player. He he has so many clubs uh, uh, where he's been at, and um, yeah, he can he can lead the team. And um, I think if uh, if such a player leaves. Um, yeah, he leaves behind uh, yeah maybe a, a hole that uh, it takes some time to fill. And uh, if you look at the past few games, um, yeah, the the last game that Union won was against Mainz, if, I think uh, four or five weeks ago. And uh, they have, haven't been really good uh, since uh, the Rückrunde started. And um, yeah, so. I think they're struggling a little bit, but they will stabilize soon enough. Um, yeah, some other uh, some other person will um, yeah grow into the role of uh, the leader that uh, Max Kruse has been. Yeah, that's yeah. how it usually goes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. very quickly from me, just to finish off on on Bay and then uh, Benedict. Um, uh, firstly, I presume you can't see anyone past them for the title, aka, you know, Dortmund probably aren't going to catch them. So I presume you agree with that. And would you maybe, what, what would you make of their chances in the Champions League as well? I think, um, I think uh, in uh, in Germany, very many people uh, said, yeah, okay, that's a free win uh, that they get, um, at least for, for this round. Um, I think they have a very good chance. Um, mm-hmm. Bayern is... Uh, struggling as usual in the in the middle of um yeah the the rückrunde um but in the important games bayern is always there and um yeah they they do the the things uh, they do <laughs> they uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of funny because uh, you can uh, you can uh, always um yeah you, you should uh, you, you should bet on on bayern always because um they always get that last goal in or uh, yeah have uh, have that one chance um or have that one save where no one knows where it comes from they they are lucky they are bayern <laughs> yeah just a little bit of bitterness there about the number of titles <laughs> and stuff <laughs> a little bit yeah 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 i know how it feels as a nuremberg fan you know i know how it feels completely obviously our one of our big rivals but yeah it's um yeah that's just how it goes sometimes you know okay yeah so let, let's swiftly move on to game three and this is one that obviously uh involves benedict's team very very closely obviously mines with a for me this was just a demolition process really of a a bielefeld side who was starting to look really really poor to me at the moment to be honest with you and i thought I'll be honest with you, as good as Mainz were, I just thought it was a very, very easy win. Obviously, literally from the first minute when Mainz broke the deadlock inside 60 seconds. Obviously, with the goal from Johnny Burkhardt, you know, one of the stars of the season from Mainz, you know, the young centre-forward has been really, really good for them. Although, sometimes you do want to see him get a few more goals, I guess, at times. But, yeah, he finished well from, for me, one of Mainz's best players, Sylvain Vidmer's assist. I, I mean, I don't know about you, Benedict, but I'm a really, really big fan of Vidmer. Do you agree with that? Am I right to rate him so highly? Yeah, I think um, maybe Sylvain Wittmer is um, a top three uh, right back in the Bundesliga. Uh, yeah. It was such a jackpot for Mainz to uh, to get a player so good for uh, 
I think maybe two or three million yeah. uh, euro. Um, that it's not e an easy task, and uh, you got to applaud uh, Christian Heidel for uh, for getting uh, a player for, for, from his, of his format, um, and to get him to join Mainz because um, yeah, uh, players like him don't usually uh, go to places like Mainz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you've got quite a few good players on your books at the moment, that's for sure. You know, and another one of them is obviously Johnny Burkhart. Did you yeah. rate him very highly as well, or do you think he's still got a bit of improvement and kind of hiring like kind of improvement to make in the next uh, the rest of the season and year going ahead? Yeah, it's been a it's been a learning curve, I think, for for Johnny. Um, for him, it's uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah. You you can't uh, you, you can't uh, write him off. Um, he has um, I think before his goal in, in the first minute he had 950 minutes uh, without uh, without uh, yeah. scoring a goal himself. But uh, he's so important for the team. The way um, the way he presses uh, defenders. Uh, the way uh, yeah he he has the pass. Uh, uh, yeah, he he interacts with uh, Karim uh, Onisivo and all the other offensive players. Uh, he's always working um, yeah, to get back and to get the ball back into into Mainz's um, possession if if we lose the ball and uh, on on attack. And yeah, I think uh, he has uh, very high places to go. Um, uh, we are we are speculating um, because. Um, I think Adeyemi uh, is uh, hurt. So, um, yeah, there has been speculation because Hansi Flick has been um, to Mainz mm. games uh, more often than uh, other Bundesliga um, <laughs> uh, mm. in the last time. Uh, and, um, yeah, he's he's certainly um, one of the best German strikers right now. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. just so young. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, yeah, he won't play in Mainz for too long if he keeps getting better and better. I think maybe we have uh, one season uh, where he plays and then, um, yeah, you, you can expect that he will um, yeah, leave the club, but um, the payday will be huge. <laughs> very true. Yeah, yeah, very absolutely. true. Going back onto the game then, Benedict. Um, so one one nil up after, you know, next to, <clears throat> next to no seconds. Um Thought you had a second as well from from a corner near Carse's header where Ortega kind of fumbles it in, but uh, I think that it, it was said that the referee's watch said it was a goal, but yeah. they had to VAR check it, which was very strange for me. The technology yeah. saving the referee's bacon there—that was a bit of an odd one. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was very strange, wasn't it? Um, I think Dominic Core hit the crossbar, didn't he? So you know we saw you know, the majority of the goals in the second half, but the first half, you know, was just as dominant, I think, as the second. And then what what a crazy second half that was. Um, I mean, Bundesliga history was made uh, in two facets yeah. in terms of there's never been three penalties awarded in a second half or in 45 minutes of a Bundesliga game. And there's never been three separate scorers of penalties yeah. in a Bundesliga game, if I've got my facts right. Um, I mean... Was it minus just being ruthless, making the most of a very ordinary Bielefeld defensive display? I think um, it was uh, like like a typical Mainz game. Um, you uh, you start into the game and you you are really 
angry and you attack. Uh, yeah, angry is uh, maybe the wrong word. Yeah, but uh, aggressive. So yeah, you're really yeah. aggressive. Uh, try to get the ball. Uh, you press. Uh, yeah, your opponent and um, an early game is always good for minds. And I think that was uh, the worst thing that could have happened to Bielefeld because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they they are. Yeah, not, not the best Bundesliga club. Uh, I like Bielefeld uh, very much. I have very many uh, friends who are Bielefeld fans. Um, yeah, but they don't have the players to um, mm -hmm. yeah uh, to dominate a game, let's yeah. say. And um, yeah, so if, if a goal, um, uh, yeah, if you concede a goal in the first minute, uh, your whole game plan uh, yeah, is uh, gone. And uh, they struggled, and they struggled real hard. And I think they didn't even um, shoot uh, one shot on target. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's just not a good, uh, yeah, that's just not a good uh, form from Bielefeld. And yeah, yeah I, th I think um, if you uh, if you look back, um, uh, it was uh, like kind of mind style uh, to not. Um, make the goals uh, uh, from from playing but to have uh, penalties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we usually don't get penalties but it yeah. was uh, a game where everything could happen um, <laughs> we, we were in the stand and everybody uh, was just like what another, another penalty another penalty <laughs> we were like what's happening uh, and it was uh, very very curious uh, we didn't know know what was happening and <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah. it was funny we, we had but we had a blast so um yeah everything all right and um what you didn't um what you didn't just say um mines uh is now maybe uh internationally the team who has scored the most penalties in a row it's uh the 36 oh, okay. penalty that mines scored in a row uh, and the last uh penalty that was saved was in 2013. Wow, really? Wow, yeah. that is an interesting one. Yeah, at least at least you know when you get a penalty, it's going in the back of the net. You know, you yeah. don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were well taken. I think all of the penalties were really well yeah. taken. So you can see that the players, even the one from Ingvarts, and I mean he doesn't get on the really score yeah. very much, does he? But even he like easily mm -hmm. put his penalty away very impressively, really. You know, so. So um, to kind of pushing forward then, uh, Benedict, and maybe looking at the rest of the season uh, and maybe expectations and things. And um, so you've got, you've still got eight games left, um, but only three of those are at home. And based off the fact um, that you're so strong at home. So, you know, in theory, you, you'd maybe pick up a good amount of points from that. But um, what, why do minds not travel so well? What, what's, uh, what's the thinking? Because it's been complete opposites because your home form is exceptional. I think you've only lost twice at home all season, but away from home, I think you've only won twice. So, yeah. It, yeah. So is there anything behind that? Is it the way that the team plays slightly differently? Uh, if I could answer that question, I, I think uh, I would have a job at Mainz. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, uh, nobody knows what's happening um, when you're not home uh, to the to the to the squad. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe um, the the team is um, and the fans are like uh, symbiotes to each other. So uh, everybody pushes each other for the for the limit. Yeah, but 
I, I don't think that that can't be uh, everything that's missing. I, I think, um, yeah, it's uh, kind of the mindset, uh, and um, yeah, uh, everybody everybody thinks uh, that's uh, really curious. And um, uh, thirty of thirty seven points are uh, did we uh, get at home? So. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 quite wow. a spread yeah. so yeah uh, i don't i don't know what, what's happening there um yeah i i just hope um yeah that maybe um the the waveform uh, is coming back again um we have uh the the game against um augsburg that's coming up yeah um which was postponed due to uh, the corona situation uh, which was uh, a, a huge part um why everybody was so um excited that mines uh, uh won so high against uh, bielefeld too because um yeah the, the players uh, played uh, two games in four days mm -hmm. and um they didn't get much playing time and training time in the last two weeks so Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a huge job that the team did. So everybody's really proud, and I think, yeah, if they can uh, get uh, through that mental barrier, and then uh, even maybe uh, from those five games uh, away, get like seven to nine points, that's all right. Um, yeah, and then. Um, Maybe maybe we play internationally next year. Who knows? Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to mention actually next because I mean you're sat, you're obviously sat in tenth at the moment, but if you do win that game in hand, you would jump up to seventh. Um, yeah. And we don't know the, the state of play, we the Europa Conference League plays in terms of what's going to happen with the um, the winners of the DFB Pokal. So it depends on where uh, that kind of lies uh, regarding that, but. Is that your your hope more than your expectation? I presume because the start of the season, I'm guessing you would have been ha happy with what a, a mid-table finish. Uh, has Bo Svensson kind of lifted expectations at the club now? Yeah, I think uh, the expectations are a little bit higher, for, uh, especially especially for the fans um, after they uh, seen that last uh, year uh, when uh, I think uh, that was uh, 30. 38, uh, 32, 33 points um, in, in the Rückrunde where um, yeah, everybody thought Mainz uh, was gone uh, to the second <laughs> Bundesliga, but they prevailed. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's such a good story. And everybody um, in Mainz knows how, how precious that is. Um, we had like kind of um, in, a, in a similar story um, 25 years ago, It was the same story, and um, the person, the, the, the coach that uh, like kind of founded the uh, Mainzer Weg, uh, the, the Mainz Way, um, uh, Wolfgang Frank, he had the, the best uh, Rückrunde until uh, at that point um, ever in the second Bundesliga. And uh, to have that uh, mirrored 25 years later was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, really nice and, uh, yeah. Wow. So uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we go internationally, but um, yeah, it's it's always uh, yeah the pressure's higher. Um, you have to have a larger squad, and um, yeah, you have uh, more more traveling costs. And um, 
I don't know. Maybe it's it's best if we don't uh, go too high, too fast. Um, yeah, and take uh, the road long, long and steady. And uh, yeah, maybe next year or so. Yeah, absolutely. And and what about? So obviously, we've already talked a little bit about mines. But what made you become a mines fan? Then is it just a case of like being nearby your local area, or is it like family connections or something like that? Yeah, uh, it, it's like a combination. I think um, I became uh, I became Mainz fan uh, in two thousand one, um, uh, in uh, one of the infamous uh, three seasons where Mainz didn't uh, get to um, uh, go to Bundesliga. Um, I was there in the last game against uh, Fürth. Uh, it was the last home game, uh, the, the second to last game of the season. And if Mainz win, they uh, they go up and um, they played one one, and oh. uh, everybody was uh, ready to party and uh, to storm the field and everything. <laughs> and um, it was kind of the um, the the beginning of um, where where Mainz uh, grew closer together because there were three seasons like that. First, there uh, there was missing one point, uh, then there was missing uh, one goal to go up <laughs> where where frankfurt uh, scored i think two uh, uh, two goals in um, additional time um, and those were the two goals that they needed to go past mines um, <laughs> yeah and uh, the last year uh, mines uh, came together and then uh, they could uh, yeah go up and yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, the moment uh, uh grieving together because uh you can't uh, you, you can't go up um but also um going past expectations of everybody together uh, that's uh that's the spirit uh, we have in minds and that's what we kind of uh yeah um found again in the last season going mm -hmm. against expectations and being your best self and uh, proving everybody wrong yeah, it's definitely been a good 18 months or so for the club, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, yeah. Um, just on minds, uh, Benedict, uh, obviously in regards to your passion for the club and, and therefore what, what you do uh, with, with the podcast. So how, how long have you been uh, doing the podcast with, with your two other co-hosts? Um, and is it just basically kind of like a, a fan forum, obviously by the fans, for the fans kind of uh, deal? Yeah, uh, you could you could say that we, we are fans. Um, yeah, in the in the meantime, uh, we got uh, a little bit uh, ex experience in in being uh, kind of journalists and sure. uh, doing every everything very professionally. Um, yeah, but uh, it's I think it's our fourth season. Um, so I think August. Uh, October maybe 2017 2018 we started I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly yeah but um uh, it, it was uh, we are a group of friends um who always talk trash uh, right before the game and during the games and uh, yeah some uh, sometimes uh, somebody said maybe you should uh, like um keep track of what you're saying and uh, just um uh record it and yeah that's what we did and uh, now 
uh, we are the 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 biggest uh, podcast um, and the biggest fan medium you could uh, you can, uh, you have in in the mind sphere. Yeah, interesting. Good, good, excellent. So yeah, let's uh, continue with our countdown. So yeah, obviously another game involving a side that was struggling actually, that were struggling, but you know they're definitely going to be buoyant after this game because it was again. A result that nobody predicted this one. I think on our prediction show on Thursday night, I think all of us had a comfortable win for Hoffenheim down in this game, you know. But that man working his magic again, Felix Maga, even though he wasn't actually on the touchline as well. And yeah, I think another interesting point for some of our UK viewers as well, it was actually Mark Fotheringham uh, yeah. that was kind of leading them out. It's very, very rare we talk about a British coach. But yeah, obviously he was the man who was leading out. The Scottish, I think, yeah, he wasn't really, he did play a few games in England, but obviously he was mostly like, I think his, his only kind of permanent position in management was a Cowden Beef in the Scottish second division or something so yeah you can see it was obviously quite a big day for him like leading his team out you know and obviously you know he did quite a good job as well didn't he because i think nobody expected this one at all i think for me i like the way that herta lined up in this game as well i really really like the fact they only went with one up top obviously for most of the season they've been going with that two strikers haven't they with Belfordil alongside Jovetic but in this game they only went with like two out and one out and out striker with like four in behind with Richter, Toussaint, Askibar and Serdar. I did like the look of this lineup a lot more than what they've been kind of showing and I think I said to you Rory didn't I that you know the formation looks a lot better the defensive midfielder Stark played kind of in between the midfield and the defence and it seemed to work didn't it because they massively nullified the effect of Hoffenheim. I think obviously Larson had a really good chance early on, which perhaps he could have done a little bit better with. It wasn't an easy chance, but you know, you'd expect to be hitting the target from there, really. But yeah, Benedict, I mean, what did you think of Hertha? Do you think this is the start of a new era under Felix Magat, or is it just a bit of luck, do you think? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Felix Magath is a, is a is a coach with a very rich history in in German football. Uh, I think he um, coached <laughs> like half of the clubs in the Bundesliga or so <laughs> at some point, or was involved, or a manager, or just something like that. Yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. Everybody uh, was really um, uh, uh, scratching their heads because nobody. <laughs> knew where that was coming from <laughs> yeah but um he kind of has his uh his way and um his way involves very much work and training and uh pushing yourself to the limit uh, physically mm -hmm. and um if you have a team that is uh so um talented like hertha they they have a really good squad um Yeah, there may be just uh, discipline and hard work is missing from, from that squad. And then he can be just the perfect uh, coach for them. Yeah, I mean, it was thoroughly well-deserved. Um, as you mentioned, Mark, um, the one chance for, for Brun Larsen early on. But that was pretty much it, wasn't it? That Hoffenheim could muster up. And, I mean, lots of lots of good play from from set pieces. A couple of goals that are pretty much kind of carbon copies of each other. Um, you know, good free kicks sent in by uh, Plattenhart um, to you know kind of make the most of a kind of sleeping defense, I guess, from from Hoffenheim. Um, so you kind of look at those goals. 
you know, her to having well a well structured team, well set up, uh, working really hard. They were so aggressive. Uh, had a really good press on Hoffenheim, which Hoffenheim are usually quite good at themselves. Um, noticeably straight away, I think when they won one possession quite high up the pitch early on in the match, and it might have been Richter who got the shot off just wide, and that was an early warning uh, really for them. So I guess on the theme of the game, it's not a surprise that Hertha won this. Um, Benedict, uh, I mean, very quickly, do you think that, you know, with Hertha's slightly easier running and now that the fact they maybe got this momentum, do you expect them to be safe? Um, I don't think they're safe just yet. Um, uh, I think uh, they need to uh, to build on what they started right uh, right this weekend. Um, I think uh, what you just said with uh, the set pieces, every goal came from a set piece and... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what uh, clubs in danger do. They uh, they score goals from set pieces. It's the easiest way to score. And uh, if they can maximize uh, on on those kind of things and uh, being aggressive and uh, yeah, running more than the opponent, um, I think they have a chance. They have uh, yeah the team to do it, but uh, they need to put in the work. And um, yeah, there are uh, certainly other teams. Um, that look not so good um, th- than they look just like in this game. But um, yeah, if, if you if you think back, uh, they didn't win eight games, uh, the, the last eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it was a, ju- a, a really big upset. Uh, if, if you think Hoffenheim won uh, four of the last five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... Um, you, you never know uh, what uh, what's uh, in uh, in a team and um, they they just need to bring it out from themselves and yeah push and i think they have a chance good stuff uh, we'll go on to some questions for you in a moment benedict that have just come in uh, but just on the other side of things for hoffenheim uh, just a bad day at the office i guess um, like you said <laughs> in the Form team of the Bundesliga alongside RB Leipzig uh, only dropped points yeah. in the last five against Bayern in a creditable one-one draw. Um, and I mean, they have they did have injuries, but the core of that team was still there. So yeah, a bit of a mystifying one from them, I guess. Um, but I, uh, considering the results that happened at the weekend, their kind of their efforts still come forth is still you know, well up there. So do you, what do you envisage as a final position for Hoffenheim? I think they will be, uh, yeah, uh, in the top. Um, maybe, I think, seventh or uh, uh, maybe t- between sixth uh, and eighth. Okay, good stuff. Um, so moving on, before we go on to um, the final game of the countdown got a couple of questions in for you benedict so we can field them first of all from paul mcgarrigy uh over the bars paul so good evening paul uh he's asked you benedict who is your favorite minds player of all time and why of all time um ekin soto okay uh ekin soto uh he's the kind of guy um yeah he had it really hard uh he came to minds um there, uh, uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't get to play the first half because his old team from Colombia um, sued Mainz 05 because of the contract, and uh, it, he just had uh, it really hard. But um, in the moment when he he went on the pitch, everybody knew 
he was he was uh, down to do anything for the club he um he uh, he maybe played i think seven or eight different positions um every every time he filled in uh, when when somebody um was injured uh, he was injured himself sometime um and maybe the most tragic story of his career is um in his last home game um i think uh, yeah of, of his last season in in Mainz, um maybe 2015 or so uh, that might have been um he he got injured um in the most horrifying way possible uh, he overbent his knee and um yeah it uh, it wasn't even clear if uh, he he could uh, keep uh, keep on to his leg maybe he would lose it or so a uh, wow. really horrifying situation everybody uh, the whole stadium um uh, some people were crying it was really really hard and a player who who did everything for the club did, did everything right and mines did also do the right th uh, thing and they extended his contract even though they didn't have to so mm -hmm. that uh, he would have health ins insurance uh, and that he would uh, yeah uh, have the chance to get um, get fit again and um I think the the journey was maybe one year to get fit, and uh, sometimes uh, he had to learn to walk again. Every everything wow. uh, in between, such such a horrifying injury. And um, when he went on the pitch for the last five minutes on that last game of his career, the whole stadium exploded. Everybody was so hyped, and um, yeah, he he's just my favorite player. Yeah, love that. Um, and then, yeah, the final question, oh, the second question that we've had in is from Mark Baker. So, good evening to you, Mark. Um, he's asked, How many football grounds um, has Benedict have you been to, and uh, which is your favorite? Ah, uh, that's uh, that's a hard question. I, I have my see, I've seen my fair share of uh, grounds, but hmm. Uh, if if uh, I had to say which was my favorite, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit uh, on my father's side um, of a Sch uh, Schalke fan, and I think um, Feldins Arena is um, the atmosphere, uh, like uh, with the roof and everything, is just special. Yeah, maybe maybe Feldins Arena, but yeah, uh, you you can never say um, a word against uh, Old Bruchweg. Um, that that was intense. <laughs> that stadium that was really intense. Yeah, you got to say the Max Morlock Stadium of the Mighty Nuremberg. Yeah. As well, have you been there as well? Have you been uh, there? <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Ah, you you got to come over. Like, hopefully, if Nuremberg get promoted this season, yeah. which is on the card, you can come over and watch a game. <laughs> very, yeah, be great. very, very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I come sure. by. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're invited if we, if we get up, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're well, invited to Mainz too. Uh, oh, I'll be there. Around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so let's have a look at the, the game of the week. I think it's quite a clear one, really, this one, isn't it? And obviously, it involves Rory's team, uh, 
Stuttgart as well, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, what a game this was. We knew this was built up to be a massive six-pointer, as we always say, don't we? But it, this was a classic six-pointer. We knew that whoever won this game was going to be in the better position going into the last seven games, and it was indeed Stuttgart, but it was no e kind of easy path, was it? Let's be honest. I mean, obviously, they went behind twice. The, the first goal, you know, was quite a well-worked goal. It was a classic Augsburg goal, really, wasn't it? With uh, Iago clipping in that corner, that uh, not the corner, the, the cross, and then, like, uh, Andre Hahn, like, hammering it home on the heart, on the volley, really. Quite a good goal, really, but they, they get a lot of goals from out wide, don't they? At that point, you're just thinking, oh, you know, Stuttgart with a full house as well, great crowd on as well in Baden-Württemberg for this game. You're just thinking, oh, you know, just as they look as though they've got some momentum behind the club, are they going to go and lose such a big game? We know that Augsburg can be quite resolute defensively when they go ahead, as we saw at Bielefeld a few weeks ago. And we've seen ever since we started doing this show, really, that they sometimes make up for that lack of quality by being just very, very resolute and hard to beat sometimes. Times, you know, but obviously Stuttgart fought hard. They got level through that man, Anton. Bit of a scrappy goal, really, the first one. Only to fall behind again just a couple of minutes later, didn't they, through Gregorovitz? Yeah, and you're just thinking, oh, come on, it's not going to be another of those days, is it? But the second half of this one was just uh, a half to remember, really, for the home side, wasn't it? And um, obviously Stuttgart getting the win in the end with two late goals. Benedict, do you think Stuttgart deserved this win or were they a little bit lucky to get the win? No, no, they they absolutely deserve that. Uh, such um, such a team you have to you ha just have to like how they play uh, offensively. I think nine uh, shots on target um, uh, in the in the first half, uh, the most shots um, in uh, the Bundesliga this season. Uh, for, for one half, uh, I, I think uh, that's just amazing, and that they didn't score um, uh, more often is uh, is just sad in this moment. But uh, you know, you just know you can't turn off the TV if Stuttgart is playing. The last 15 <laughs> minutes yeah. is so intense. I I don't I I just um, uh, I, I looked it up uh, just before the uh, uh, the show. Ten goals. In the last six games, in the last 15 minutes of the oh, of the game, ten in the last yeah. six <laughs> games. That's just, just so intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it was a hard watch um, at the weekend, and if one team I felt like I didn't want to go one nil down to, it was Augsburg because, like you say, Mark, they do know how to get those wins at, at this time of the season. Especially, we said it. At the start of the season, how we fancied them to go down, but then the, the season goes on, we're like, oh, they just know how to pick up wins at the right time. Um, so one nil down early on, I was like, there's still loads of time, and it sounds like we're playing well. Um, one one, absolutely, you know, fantastic. Take that into half time. Can't even do that. Um, defensively, I think both goals are quite poor, and um, I think Sosa should do better at the back uh, for the first goal. He's ball watching uh, and Andre Hahn just drifts off him. Second goal, uh, Arnie Meyer just kind of dances through about three or four tackles to set up Grigorovic um, to make it 2-1. But, I mean, if you say that a team got lucky or did they deserve it based on looking at the scoreline, 
they completely deserved to win Stuttgart. They, they were they were really good. Um, you know, attacked really well. Um, I think Gikovic made a couple of really big saves. I think right at the end, Dorsch made like a goal line clearance where he should have made yeah. it for two. That was crazy. Uh, Save of the a, season. Save of yeah, the season. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. So that made it even more nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, that. As I've mentioned, that front three uh, maybe now coming to the rescue uh, in terms of the lone Tiago Tomas, uh, who obviously got the winner. Omar Marmouche, lovely free kick, you know, an incredibly important time. If he doesn't score that, we probably lose. Um, and Sasa Kalajic probably on another day does score a couple of goals. So, you know, um, Benedict, do you think that front three are enough to, to keep VFB afloat? Uh, I think uh, they need to keep it up. Um, um, they they conceded the goals too easy, just like mm-hmm. you said. Um, the 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 two one it was just ah, you you have to feel so sorry. You just scored, and then it's yeah. like um, uh, why does this always happen? I don't I don't know. So uh, so many games have. So uh, one team scores, the other team scores. Like maybe two or three minutes later, it's it's such a uh, such a psycholog- psychological uh, a disadvantage in th- in that moment to get get uh, a goal. Yeah, and uh, but but the same uh, thing uh, as Hertha, uh, they they scored on their set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Uh, <laughs> It's really important, and uh, Bona Sosa, uh, maybe one of the best uh, free kick takers in the Bundesliga, yep. um, maybe uh, yeah, w- one of the the best uh, le- left defenders with his uh, crosses and so, um, yeah, uh, and the uh, uh, Sasa Kalajic uh, connection uh, that's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think um, yeah, they they can get it done um, if Bielefeld and Augsburg especially. Uh, lose uh, a few more games um, and uh, Stuttgart keep having the, these uh, positive moments for themselves. Um, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think at one point, playing my emotions, we were down in 17th. Uh, obviously, Hertha started winning. I was like, this is not going to be my day, but end up finishing the day in 14th. So, <laughs> what a swing. Uh, incredibly big swing. Obviously, it's so close and it will keep on changing as each match they continue. So, it will go to the wire for sure. Um, Augsburg, yeah, they're, they're a bit of a mess at the moment because they don't threaten too much going forwards and and at the moment they are, they're also leaking goals um, so yeah, not not great for them I guess um, so with all that in mind shall we uh, We'll move on to this week's uh, Bundesliga boxes talking point and it's something that we won't uh, dwell on for too long uh, but it's something that we just wanted to touch on with everyone so it's based on um, Friday night's game uh, as uh, obviously the VFL Balkan were hosting uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and an incident in the crowd uh, as someone threw a cup or a glass of beer at the linesman, uh, which led to a break in play and then to the eventual abandonment of the game. So our question basically is, should 
what punishment should Balkan face, if any, uh, for for that incident? So I'll just throw it straight over to you, Benedict. What what were your thoughts about the incident, um, and, and what you know what you think should be done with regards to settling, uh, you know, this this incident in general? Yeah, I, I think I was uh, quite shocked when I uh, saw the video. Um, uh, that doesn't happen so often. Uh, it, it happened once in the Bundesliga, uh, I think maybe uh, seven or eight years ago, uh, Schalke against uh, St. Pauli. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, it was absolutely right um, uh, to call off the game. And um, I think um, it... There's no discussion. This game will be uh, awarded to Mönchengladbach. Um, the score is all right. Uh, it will be 2-0 um, uh, either way. Um, yeah, uh, the, the goal uh, scorers, I think, will stand. Um, yeah, I, I think um, a similar punishment to that uh, that hit uh, St. Pauli um, a few years back uh, is, is appropriate. Maybe um, a home game without uh, any fans. Um, I think um, they they turned uh, the uh, the the case around and they um, didn't uh, need to have uh, no uh, fans, uh, but the the game uh, couldn't be held at their own stadium. It had uh, to be fifty kilometers away or so. I think they played in Lübeck uh, mm -hmm. in, in that year. So um, a huge uh, loss of uh, income. Um, yeah, maybe you don't know uh, with the, this whole uh, uh, COVID situation um, if they would have had uh, that much income. You don't know how many mm -hmm. um, fans are even allowed to go into the stadium. Um, yeah, there, there will have to be some kind of decision. But um, yeah, I think that's maybe what uh, they will uh, face. And uh, the culprit, which um, I don't know if it's official yet. I, I heard rumors that uh, he may have been caught uh, today uh, on the video material. I think he will face uh, lifelong or at least maybe 10-year-long um, yeah, ban from all stadiums uh, in Germany, at least. Maybe even, uh, I don't know if, if that uh, goes to uh, have something to do with UEFA or so. Uh, but yeah, I think um, he can at, at least expect to never go to a stadium in the last in the, in the next ten years. Yeah, definitely, Mark. What what do you reckon in terms of should should they just be punishing the individual, or you know should Bochum suffer because you know the teams have suffered enough financially, haven't they, for not having fans in the stadium? Um, and do you think that the Bundesliga have tripped themselves up by? abandoning the game because it still had what 20 minutes to go so can Balkan then say there's still 20 minutes left of the game that's 2-0 we could have come back and drawn that game yeah I think obviously from a, the perspective of an, of an English person I think if this happened in the Premier League they probably would have come back and finished the game to be honest with you I've got to say that's my opinion I think but I know that in Germany you know they obviously do have a kind of strict uh, policy against any kind of crowd violence it, it's something that Germany just simply doesn't accept basically do you know what I mean and I think that's got to be remembered as well so I wasn't surprised about the fact the game was abandoned I think, to be honest, one thing that we've not mentioned is a potential points deduction, because actually I think something similar happened in France. There were two incidents this year in Ligue 1, 
in French, where in France, where two teams, I think it was Lyon and Nice, were actually deducted one point for similar incidents, actually. I think it was uh, Payet from Marseille was hit by, it was both times him, actually, for some reason. I don't know what they don't like about him, but I think it was both times he was hit by a bottle and actually the the clubs were deducted one point as well, on top of the result being awarded to the other team, which is like, I'm not sure whether Germany will go down that route. Maybe that would be a little bit too harsh to punish like the club so much just for one fan. But, you know, I, I think crowd violence is something that's kind of become more and more normal over the last 12 months or so since the return from COVID. I think even in England, they say the police have reported that you know, more and more crowd incidents of disorderly behaviour and things have become more and more normal. So this is maybe something that the German, the DFB will want to kind of stamp out. And for me, I think, yeah, I would agree with Benedict that I think one game behind closed doors would probably be enough. And the game awarded to Gladbach, I would say that would be enough of a punishment rather than deducting points. But I wouldn't be completely surprised to see potentially one point deducted from Bochum. Interesting stuff. Well, like we said, um, won't dwell on it too much because it's not something we like to talk about in a negative context at all about the league. Um, so we shall leave it there. And, and as a result, we can uh, basically bring the show to a close uh, for this evening. So thank you, everyone, for watching uh, this evening. Benedict, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, really enjoyed talking um, you know, Bundesliga football with you and uh, your stories about mines. Uh, really, really enjoy, boys. So, thank you for your time this evening. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Lovely <laughs> start. So Over to you, Mark, to close out, uh, close up the show. Yeah, for sure. So if you enjoyed what you watched here, remember to follow us on Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Also remember to check out our main page as well. Remember, we're not only a YouTube channel here at OTB Football as well. So remember to check out otbfootball.net. You can see a lot of our written articles on not just the Bundesliga. We also have the League One and League Two show, obviously, from the English lower leagues for any of you guys who are interested in that. We have a lot of other written articles on just about everything football related, really, about like international games, about lower league football, Premier League football, Scottish football, even for some of you real enthusiasts out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, remember to check that out. And also, as I say, remember to like, comment and subscribe below. We've seen a slow progress, but we are getting like very close to 500 now, which is a decent number, you know. So, yeah, let's keep on uh, growing uh, uh, rapidly rate so yeah thanks a lot again to benedict yeah and uh yeah we will see you again on th actually no because it's the international week now we'll see you again in 10 days time after the international week so yeah all the best guys and see you then cheers all see ya